Hi, welcome back. Today I'm talking about Bechira and mental illness. Specifically, how are our choices different when we're struggling hard and maybe not even thinking so clearly versus times when it's kind of more run-of-the-mill choices? Sometimes it could feel like we're so upset, so worked up that do we even really have a choice? And if we do, is it really the same kind of choice that we do at other times? And also, how can we be judged for doing the wrong thing when we're that upset in, you know, or in a crisis mode and it feels like making the wrong choice is practically unavoidable? Like it's just an automatic reaction maybe, or it's just something that feels so out of control that you're just going to do it. I'm not an expert on halacha, and I certainly don't know the ins and outs of the way Hashem judges us. Um, so if you have any questions, please ask Ashila to somebody with the authority to answer. I'm just sharing what I've learned in my own life and the things that make sense to me about this topic, because it's something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about and honestly worrying about when I've felt like I'm out of control and doing the wrong thing a lot. And this is some of what I've come up with that helps this subject make sense to me. So first of all, what's the point of Bechira, of free choice in these types of situations? And when you're that upset and you're in that much of a crisis, what even is your choice? So if you're a regular normal person like me, you know that sometimes it's harder to do the right thing than other times. If you're very angry at someone, for example, it's going to be harder to speak nicely than if it's your best friend. And things get even trickier if you're suffering from a mental health issue or an emotional health issue that clouds your ability to think clearly at all sometimes. Also, once you're in crisis mode and you're bent on doing something that's definitely not a good choice, but it's virtually impossible to hold back, it's going to be really hard. And even if you would never do that thing when you're in your right mind, sometimes it just, you can get it in your head that you have to do whatever it is, whether it's something that's going to hurt another person or hurt yourself or something that's going to ruin a relationship. I think we all have things, at least I do, that it's harder to avoid than other times. Or maybe it's something even as simple as, you know, like getting out of bed when you're depressed or taking care of any of your responsibilities when you're going through a rough patch. So it doesn't always have to be avoiding something bad. Sometimes it can just be that it's really hard to get going sometimes or, you know, to keep your mind on something that you have to do when you're preoccupied with something else. So in these kinds of cases, do we even have Bechira or at least the same kind of Bechira? And is it anything more than just minimizing the damage? You know, like, for example, if you're told you have to go east and your compass is broken, do you really even have a choice to do the right thing? So I say yes, and maybe it's not the same exact way as in other choices, but hear me out. What I've learned in my experience is that my main Bechira about handling things when I'm in a crisis happens way before the point of getting to that crisis. So in my case, with living with bipolar disorder, it means taking care of my mental and emotional health, things like making sure I get enough sleep and that I'm eating right and that I'm avoiding things that can trigger a mental health you know, imbalance, like too much caffeine or staying up way too late 
way too many nights in a row. It also means taking my medication as prescribed and being proactive about getting professional help when I need it if I notice that my mental health is starting to slip. If I start to feel like things are meaningless and blah, and I just feel like day after day I'm kind of fading, that could be a sign that I might be trending towards depression. Or if I'm becoming very impulsive and very, you know, like my thoughts and maybe some of the things I'm doing are becoming a little more erratic and that's becoming a pattern, that might be a sign that I'm heading towards mania that I need to be proactive about getting the help that I need. And also something that needs to be done well ahead of getting to the point of a crisis is having a plan, like a crisis plan. And this is something that is true for people who struggle with a whole range of issues. That is, you know, making a plan for what to do when you get to such a point. Who do you call? What do you do? You know, having that kind of a plan is really important to have in place. And if you get to a crisis and you don't have a plan and you didn't prepare at all, then you're at a pretty big disadvantage and you're a lot more likely to end up making more mistakes that feel unavoidable. And maybe at that point, they even are unavoidable. For a different example, that is pretty universal, at least I think so. If you're very angry at somebody and you're locked in a tiny room with them for 12 hours and you've never learned any anger management in your life, you're probably going to scream at them at some point in those 12 hours. At least I know I probably would. So when I'm in a bipolar episode, sometimes it feels like I'm going through life with an uncalibrated mind. And to me, that means like my thoughts and emotions aren't synced up or they don't match exactly. So specifically, my emotions don't match what's going on around me in my life. So I could be, for example, driving down the road on the way to routine shopping trip or some other errand. But inside, I'm feeling the glory of creation and how every little bug and flower and person and mountain and world event and every different part of history is connected in ways that I can't even begin to understand logically, and I know that, but I'm feeling it with my heart, and it's wonderful and beautiful. Or I can feel like I'm floating above the physical world, like I'm in some sort of video game simulator, and that nothing is real, which of course can turn very dangerous, obviously, very quickly because it can lead to feeling invincible and like consequences don't feel real either. Um, I remember one time walking down the street on Friday night to visit a friend of mine and I saw a bus coming down the street and I was on the sidewalk and I just suddenly it popped into my head. I bet I could walk in front of that bus and it wouldn't even hurt. It just felt like the only thing that's real is me and Hashem and all of the spiritual feelings that I had. And as wonderful as that might be when it's thought and experienced in a healthy way, I don't think I have to explain why this version of it was not healthy at all. And I mean, I was in some sort of inner turmoil that I couldn't even begin to figure out. Also, I'll say it's very hard for me pretty much every single time if I'm trending up to agree to treat the mania, because to me, like that feels like closing a window into spirituality I mean, I've mentioned in the first one that when I have a manic episode, I kind of trend towards that manic spirituality that just feels wonderful and beautiful, like this all-encompassing happiness. Um, I actually once had a psychologist tell me that mania is sort of like a drug high and that I was high on my own broken brain chemistry, which I didn't like hearing that at the time. And honestly, I do think it, it, 
it feels like it's cheapening the experience, but I do hear from a medical standpoint what he's talking about. And what was really hard for me about that is unlike somebody who's addicted to drugs, my version of getting better meant that I had to take medication, not stop it. And I used to really hate that because it felt like, you know, I need to be strong and I need to manage this on my own, even though my definition of what being strong meant in those moments was totally out of whack. So I have a master's degree in counseling. And when I was in grad school, I was talking about something along these lines with my graduate advisor. And he told me about a patient that he treated once who had bipolar and that she was determined to live completely free of medication and that eventually she succeeded in doing it. But that it came at a really high price because in order for her to succeed at not needing any medication, she had to make her world very small because you can't realistically expect to have a healthy marriage and raise a healthy family with untreated mental illness. You can't expect to hold down a job that way or even necessarily survive certain aspects of the disorder without treatment. It's like I said, it can really change the way that you think in ways that can be very, very dangerous. So you might be thinking, if these are the, the choices, this is the Bechira that you have, why would somebody resist treatment? Isn't it obvious that it's better to live a healthy life? You know, like, yeah, there might be some pleasant parts to it and feeling the euphoria, but how could you ever think that it's worth it at the cost of of living a healthy life and having healthy relationships and a family and a marriage, you know, how, how is it even a choice from the other angle? Like, why wouldn't you do the right thing at least ahead of time when you're not in the crisis? So, okay, two things. First of all, it's a lot harder than it sounds to detach from manic euphoria. Um, if you have experienced that, I'm pretty sure you'll understand what I mean. Also, I've never tried drugs and I never plan to, but from what I hear, it sounds pretty similar. So imagine the greatest happiness that you ever felt, the most alive and invigorated and on top of the world, and not just about surface level stuff, but about deep, deep things like contentment. Like you just have never felt that there's more meaning in your life and everything is okay. And, you know, everything is good, deep, deep, all encompassing happiness. Now multiply that by a thousand and think how hard it's going to be not to choose that over going to work and the grocery store and cleaning your bathroom. So that's, that's the first part. And second of all, treatment is hard sometimes. And it's not as simple as just taking a pill every day. Some of the medications, first of all, can be very hard on your body. Some of it takes trial and error to get things right. And sometimes there's side effects that are really unpleasant. And sometimes coming down from an episode, especially if it's an up, means facing a mess that you made when you were on the up. That could be pretty embarrassing because not only do you have to accept coming off the high, you also have to clean up a mess and fix up your relationships that you damaged. And it's not fun. And so these are a couple of the things that make it a challenge. So when you're in a state of not thinking clearly, it can be next to impossible to choose the right thing. So how do you choose to go east if your compass is broken? That's exactly it. Um, based on my experience from what I've just shared, it's not about choosing to go east with a broken compass. It's about fixing your compass. And this isn't just with actual mental illness either. I started saying in the beginning, if you're locked in a room with somebody that you're angry with, that's going to be really, really hard versus if you're able to wait for a calm moment. 
So if you go and talk to somebody, when you're in the height of an argument or tension, you're kind of asking for it. So yes, it's possible to choose your words wisely and to control your tone when you're talking to somebody when you're actively angry. But it's also a lot harder to do that versus choosing to wait for a calmer moment. And choosing to wait for the calmer moment, at least in my experience, it's hard to do, but it's usually the better way. And the same goes for lots of other things. You know, like even more trivial things, like you can stick to a grocery list better if you don't go shopping when you're hungry. And this has kind of been drilled into my head a lot, is that there's no extra credit for making our nacionos harder than they already are. You can do the right thing more reliably when you set yourself up ahead of time for success. So obviously, like I said, these things are harder than they sound. And of course, we know that Hashem is merciful and forgiving and endlessly loving and patient. Because if not, I know I for one would not be here anymore. I've had to learn this particular lesson the hard way many, 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 many times. And also, I'm not saying that you don't have a choice in the moment of a crisis, because of course you do. It's just that it's going to be a lot harder in that moment. It's harder to do the right thing with a broken compass or a mind that's compromised versus to do the right thing when you're healthy and well. So that's what I have for today. And I hope this makes sense. I hope that these are some relatable thoughts that maybe can help make this topic a little less confusing and conflicting because I know these are these are subjects that I have struggled with for a while and I hope that this is helpful and I hope that you'll come back again and have a great week.